welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Better good morning. Come on, one, two, three. There you go. That was awesome. Are you guys ready for a great message today from God's Word? Amen. Uh, This has been a great series. Suit up. Uh, Talking about the armor of God. Uh, This is week three. Week one, week two were fantastic messages. Uh, Pastor Rob taught uh, just some great messages week one and two. How many know our lead pastor teaches some great sermons? Amen. Come on. Yep. He does. And uh, so belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, if you missed either one of those, I encourage you to go online, listen to them, watch them, let them be a blessing to your life. And uh, again, and also we're just hearing great feedback on this series. Uh, people emailing, texting, uh, just letting us know that uh, people saying, I love studying the armor of God. People, just after last service, some people have been Christians for many, many years that I've never been a part of a study of the armor of God and I've known a little bit about it, but I love discovering God's truth. And so it's just a really fun series to be a part of this summer and looking at the armor of God, and we just feel blessed. So I just encourage you to get ready. I encourage you to, uh, as Pastor Rob mentioned, grab a pencil or pen or or your phone if you take notes on that. Just be ready because I just know as it's happening every service this weekend that God is going to maybe drop something in your heart. There's going to be an action step that God wants you to take in response to this message. I'll share a couple key principles that you may want to jot down and just I just promise you, because they're God's word, they'll make a difference in your life. Because today we're looking at, uh, kind of in week three, the shoes of peace. And I just want you to know there's amazing truth that we're going to discover. Or really are, just studying for this. There's so much more that I've learned, even though I've been a Christ follower for many, many years. And we will learn some very familiar things about the peace of God and some stuff that maybe we already know, but we're also going to, I just encourage you, we're going to discover some new, new uh, just perspective that the Apostle Paul shares with us that just teach us more about the armor of God, the shoes of peace, and really the difference it's supposed to make in our lives. So I encourage you just to anticipate it, be ready for it. And I wanted to read Ephesians chapter 6. 
uh, and which is our theme passage, a number of verses in here for this series. And, um, and we'll jump into some other translations uh, a little farther into the message. But I just felt really led to, to read these verses from the, what's called the message paraphrase. And the message paraphrase is a great, um, it's a relational way of sharing the New Testament, now the Old Testament uh, translation of the Bible. Uh, It's just one of those things, it it just offers fresh perspective periodically that just puts it in really common common day language. And then we'll look at some other translations. But I encourage you to kind of track with me as this will be up on the screen. And we look at Ephesians chapter 6 from the message. So here we go. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that, we're, that we will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Let me pause here. Paul is explaining to us, drawing a contrast in a language that you and I understand, that when we study the armor of God, it's a big deal. That it's a big deal. That it's something that's really, really significant, this battle, this journey that we're in for Christ in this life. Now, we all know we face challenges and difficulties and hardships and all those kind of things, and the Apostle Paul is kind of painting a picture of this, this emphasis of the power of God. Remember last week in the video that Pastor Rob was outside of that tomb talking about the incredible power of God and, and Paul again is saying, hey, it's not like watching the Vikings, the Twins, or some hockey game or going to some afternoon soccer game. Maybe really fun, really exciting for a few hours, but later on you forget about it. This is something that's life or death. This is something that's really significant, that's really dramatic, that's really important. So it says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, they are more than just words. Learn how to apply them. Everybody say learn. Learn. That's what we're going to do today. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. Pray with me. God, for the next few moments, um, we just surrender ourselves and say we want your best. We want your best. Nobody is here by accident, God. No visitor, no regular attender, no new Christian, established Christian. Those that are here that are investigating and checking into Christianity, exploring what it's all about, every one of us, Lord, God, you know why we're here and you have something great, exciting, and fresh for each and every one of us. So we just say, God, we're open to it. We pray you'd bless every aspect of this message. Thank you, Lord, for the armor of God, for the opportunity and the amazing gift it is to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said a good amen. Amen. Uh, I've learned something about myself and probably uh, almost all of us in the room this morning is that most of us really, if, we, if we're ever involved in anything that's a little bit competitive, most of us really enjoy winning, right? How many would rather win as opposed to lose? Can I see your hand? I mean, I mean look around the room. Those that don't have your hands up, you're lying in church. All right. But um, 
It's one of those things that, that we just do. We just really enjoy winning. A couple weeks ago, uh, Jane and I, our family, were on vacation. We were using a friend's cabin on a lake, and they were out of town, and so they loaned it to us for a few days, and they left a couple jet skis. I mean, all the story's getting good already for us to use. And uh, jet skis are a blast to ride, and it was, it was just really, it was just a lot of fun. We had family that came up at different times, spent some time with us, and, and one of the jet skis is just is, is two or three years old, and it's just, just a rocket. I mean, it is super fast. The other jet ski is like 13 years old, and it's really nice, but it's not as nice as the one that's two or three years old. So uh, some of the family that came up, one of was my sister and brother-in-law from Chicago. They came up, spent a few days with us after we were already there. I had already been out in the jet skis, already been out in the water. So they got there, and I kind of went down to my brother-in-law and said, hey, brother, hey, hey, let's go jet skiing together. You know, let's take the jet skis out. And, and so he hadn't been out on them yet, and so we go in the garage, the, all the life vests are there. And how many know you got to get the right life vest, right? Got to look good. Amen. Men, come on, nod at me. The one that kind of hides your gut, right? So you get that life vest there, and uh, you get the right sunglasses on and stuff. So we walk down to the jet skis, jet ski landing. We get, on the, you know, get ready to go out. We're not saying anything. We're not talking about competition. We're not talking about racing. We're just going jet skiing. Well, guess which one I jump on? Come on, right? Ain't no dummy, right? I got on the one two or three years old. My brother-in-law gets on the other one. It kind of helps that we, it was kind of our cabin for the week. So I said, hey, you get on this one right here, and it's more stable and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we got out, and we're, it's a true story. So we're jet skiing, and, and I just, I mean, I, these, we're just gunning it all over the lake, having a blast. We're turn, uh, you know, it's on a chain of lakes, so there's 12 or 13 lakes connected, and we're just cruising, and every corner I'm passing them. And now, it wasn't a competition, but I sure thought it was, right? And at every turn, I won. I mean, I won. I was faster, all that kind of stuff. We came in and, and landed, you know, and nobody said anything to anybody. We did, but he just knew. He knew that I had won. Is there anybody else that has a little competitive streak in them in the room right now? Some of you aren't being honest. Maybe ask you this question. Is there anybody in the room that's ever cheated just a little bit at golf? Can I see your hands? Go, Pastor Rob, get, come on, get that hand up really high. <laughs> Yeah, come on. Yeah, we've cheated together a lot. So uh, how many are thankful for forgiveness? Amen. So it's just one of those things. I think when I was seven, I cheated at Candyland. I mean, we just, we want to win. We just want to win. There's something inside of us that says, yeah, I love to win. And, and I, I, I don't want to make light of it, but it's so true that when you study the armor of God, um, the Apostle Paul is saying, let me be really clear with you. These are the tools that God has for you so that you can win at life and for God. That's it. I mean, here's the tools that God has for you. And if you take these tools and put them into your life and, and figure out kind of how to apply them and how to have them active in your life, no matter, where, no matter, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey for God, brand new or really experienced or whatever it may be, if you put these tools to work in your life for God, you will win in your life, not for our own glory, our own self, but for the glory of God. And great things will happen in our life, and it's just, it's just really incredible. So Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read it from uh, the New Living Translation, a couple verses here as well. It says in verse 13, this will be up on the screen, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. And the body armor of God's righteousness, what Pastor Rob preached on last week. And verse 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So let's take a few moments and talk about the peace of God. 
the shoes of peace and what it really means to our lives. And, and I'll explain it this way. There's, uh, you know, just in studying God's word and, and just looking at just some of the amazing resource that the Bible has for us and looking at the armor of God and, and these tools that God has given us, uh, I've kind of come to the conclusion that there's really two, and you may, again, may want to jot some of this down, there's two expressions or two purposes, if you will, of faith. I'm sorry, of peace. Peace is lived out kind of in two different ways in our lives. And there's two benefits. The first one I'm going to explain, really familiar to many of us. I think it's the most common way to look at it. It's peace under the purpose of what I would call protection, security, and comfort. So that it's so common that we understand and that we know that's the most... Just the easiest way to understand peace, that we know that peace is one of those things that when we have it from God, we feel secure, we feel God's protection, we feel God's covering, we know at times when we've been missing that peace in our lives, and again, it is an incredible, incredible aspect and purpose of the peace of God, this protection, this comfort, this security that I kind of know God is with me and I'm not out there doing my own thing and I'm not all disrupted inside, but I I have this sense of security that, yeah, I'm just... I got the peace of God in my life. So we know that. That's the, that's the first purpose or expression. The second one doesn't get a lot of attention. Don't know if I've ever heard anybody even teach on this before. Is, is faith, the second purpose of peace would be uh, what I would call an offensive tool. An offensive tool. Everybody say offensive. offensive. Offensive tool. There's an aspect of peace which speaks of the shoes of peace and the armor of God. Which, on our, which shoes, which we put on our feet, which are designed to take us someplace. There's this offensive side where peace is actually fuel that helps us do incredible things for God. And it's one of those things that fuels us to move forward and take action in obeying and honoring God in every area of our lives. And that's a side of peace that, again, the comfort, security, trust, we love that kind of side, the protection. But the side of, wow, that the armor of God, the peace of God, the shoes of peace that Paul is talking about in the series is also there's this offensive side that helps us get busy for God. Let me give you uh, just a couple examples. Maybe you have uh, in the past are praying about going on a global team, being part of one of our missions trips. Maybe in the past you're thinking about, you've done it or you're thinking about it now and, and you know there's vacation, there's time off and there's money and all these different things. If you're married and kids, can we go together and who's going to watch the kids? And there's all these obstacles to, and barriers you got to work through, no doubt about it, but there's something inside it that says, I need to go. I need to be a part of that trip that God's stirring me and the, and the peace of God will fuel you even though you don't have everything figured out, right? Even though you don't understand everything that's going on. So maybe God's stirring in you to lead a life group and you don't even know how it's all going to work out and there's just this desire, but there's something in you that says, I should lead something for God. I should get busy for God. The peace of God will fuel you. Some maybe months ago when we had our series No Strings Attached on Stewardship and Giving, God just dropped in your heart and you had this passion to honor God and say, you know what, I'm going to begin being a tither. The full 10% is going to go to the Lord's work through the local church. And maybe you didn't have it all figured out and there's bills and there's different things and it was a big step of faith and stuff like that, but yet you knew the peace of God was in your heart to take this step of obedience to move forward. Sometimes you feel the peace of God when you want to share Christ with a coworker. Or you want to share Christ with a neighbor, somebody that's a family member that, that needs God's love. And there's nervousness and there's a little bit of anxiety. How's it all going to turn out? Yet there's a peace of God in you 
that fuels you to take that step of obedience, right? It's just something that's really, really, really significant. So we see that, we understand that, and with that backdrop, let's look at a couple verses, and I think it's going to, I think there's going to be a few helpful things here that really can be a blessing to our lives. Philippians 4, 7 is one of those verses that kind of explains it for us even a little better. Philippians 4, 7 says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live. Everybody say, as you live. As you live in Christ Jesus. Now this is a great verse. Many Christians love it. The peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean, it just, it just sounds cool, doesn't it? Simply stated, just means that we can have God's peace in our lives even when we don't have every question answered. Even when we're not sure about what's coming next. Even if we're still battling the sickness or the disease, even if there's still some hurt going on in our lives, we can still have the peace of God in our lives. In the natural, it doesn't make sense, but we have, we have this, this peace of God that surpasses all understanding, which, again, just an awesome phrase. But then notice that second part of the verse. It says, as you live your life for Christ. There's this progressive, offensive, as you continue doing what God is calling you to do and living our lives in a way that would represent Christ and honor Christ, you will experience more of this peace, right? So it has this forward motion kind of aspect to it that we understand. Then there's Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, and this is going to be up on the screen. Let's read this aloud together, church. Can we do that? And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Wow. This is one of those verses that's what I call a commanding verse. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and lives. Rule is a strong word. If you you look at that word rule and you look at the Greek, it also talks about steering, guiding, directing. Uh, The Amplified Bible talks about that let the peace of God be an umpire in your life. You think of an umpire in a sporting event that calls fouls and says stay within the boundaries and here's, here's what the umpire does. So when the scripture says let the peace of God rule, steer, guide, direct, umpire in your life, here's simply what it's saying. The peace of God is not only just this sweet thing that we hope to have in our lives one day. It's that it should be one of those things that, listen here, if you're praying about a financial decision, if you're wondering about a career choice, if you're thinking about a relationship issue or a family issue, if you're in the midst of something really significant where you're trying to make some key decisions in your life, listen to me. Peace should be that umpire. The peace of God should help guide, steer, direct those decisions. It may not even make sense on the ledger sheet. You may not have every question answered, but you have this sense where God just you have God's peace as part of the armor of God working in your life, and it's just... It's just really, really incredible. So you look at this, and I hope, I think, I've probably sold most of you on the peace of God. Man, I want it in my life. If you're like me, as I've been studying this topic for the past couple weeks, I just, I want God's peace. There's times I've had God's peace, and I loved it. There's times I was missing God's peace in my life, and I really missed it. But, you know, I look at it, I study it, I see this weapon, this tool, this part of the armor of God, and I want it in my life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to answer two questions that I, again, I, I think are just a fresh way to look at this topic of peace. And, and, the, and, and just looking at the peace of God, here's what the two questions are. How do I get it? How do I get the peace of God? And then secondly, how do I keep it? 
because there's times I've had it and there's times I've missed it, right? All of us in the room have had moments where we just know, or maybe seasons, maybe months, maybe even years, where we just know the peace of God wasn't in our lives. And so sometimes you might think, oh, that's just part of life. That's just what we got to live with. No, that's not what Paul teaches. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we can take on the shoes of peace and walk our journey for God. doesn't mean we won't face tough times, but we can face those times with the peace of God in operation in our lives. So this first question, how do I get it? Um, we're going we're gonna to look at this, and let me answer it this way. And again, you may want to jot this down. Just two thoughts for you. Um, I would tell you to pursue the peace of God in your life. Pursue. Everybody say the word pursue. Pursue the peace of God in your life. And some might think, ah, is that really the way to do it? I kind of just thought you kind of sat back and waited and God was going to give it to you and it's all in his grace. You know what? There may be an aspect of peace that's that way. But when you study scripture, you'll see that there's places all over the word of God where people did things that pursued the peace of God. Jesus Christ was a master at this. You read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and periodically you'd see these verses where Jesus got away to a quiet place. Jesus went up to the wilderness. Jesus went out to the, to the, to the woods to be alone, to pray, to spend some time with his heavenly Father. And there's just this idea in Scripture. So instead of just waiting, hoping that it turns up one day or hoping that we can get it right, I would encourage all of us, it's just, just part of the series at River Valley, that we would pursue the peace of God in our lives. So let me give you a couple ideas of how to do that. They won't be kind of big revelation things, but they're just really simple reminders of how to pursue the peace of God. First one, really basic, but I just encourage you to pray for it. Pray for the peace of God. As I say that, most people say, oh, okay, good, I got that. But I would venture to say a lot of times we don't. We don't pray for it. And I would encourage you to pray for the peace of God. When you sense that, that missing it or it's kind of like it's not fully there, just take some time, set aside a time, some time, no, more, no excuses, no, I'm not, not, I'm not too busy, anything like that, and just say, okay, God, I'm going to give you a few moments here. Maybe I'm going to read soap and I'm going to be a part of my devotion time and then at the end I'm just going to say, God, I need your peace. God, please bring your peace to pass in my, lives, in my life, it's part of pursuing the peace of God. Another word I would give you under this pursuing is, is the word openness. Are you open to God? Are you open to God? Listen to me really close here. Because there's an aspect of peace. Sometimes we may want the peace of God without the lordship of God. Because the peace of God is so cool, so sweet, and what a blessing it is to have it. But the lordship of God is that steer, guide, rule, direct, umpire side. And I would encourage us, I'm learning this along with us, that you would say, you know what, God, I want your peace not by itself. I also say I surrender and I'm open to you. I want you to be the Lord, the umpire, the director of my life. You're in charge, God, of my life. Now that sounds significant, and it is, but it's the best decision we can make, right? Because God has incredible plans for our life. But it's just, it's one of those things that's just, just really key. Steps of obedience, I would tell you. Oh, I, I just, great advice in pursuing the peace of God. Take steps of obedience. What do I mean by that? Um, sometimes maybe you're writing some things down in this message or you're going to hear some things today in church. Um, sometimes you hear things when Pastor Rob's preaching or you're listening to podcasts or you're reading books or you're spending time reading your Bible and your, and your devotion time. Maybe you're talking to a Christian friend that, or maybe you're praying and God drops some things in your heart. You just see some things you know you're supposed to do. You just know it. I would tell you, if you want to pursue peace, take that step of obedience. Don't delay, just start doing it. 
And as you take those steps of obedience in all the key areas of our lives, the, the peace of God will continue, will just continue to, to flood in. A principle I believe in, and this is one of those things, again, maybe you've never heard it, maybe you've heard it before, you may want to write it down. I'm still learning the principle, but it's kind of been one of my key things for the last 15 years or so. It's simply this, that blessing follows obedience. Let me say it again, blessing follows obedience. If you haven't learned that, learn it now. That sometimes, what's, what's the difference? Sometimes we sit back, okay, God, if you bless me, if you bless me, if you bless me, then I'll do this and this and this. And that's not the way Scripture is from Genesis to Revelation. Scripture is, God, I'm stepping out and I'm going to obey you. I'm going to honor you in forgiveness and giving and, and prayer and surrendering my life to you in all these different ways. Then the blessing of God pours in to our lives as we step out in obedience first. And the last thing I would share with you in, in just pursuing the peace of God is I tell you to pursue moments with God. Moments with God. Maybe they're five minutes long. Maybe they're 10 or 20 minutes long. Maybe it's a half hour. We'll have a moment with God as we close this message just for a couple minutes. And I would encourage you to pursue moments with God where you, just, you, you desire to be alone with God and listen to his voice. And when you pursue those things, you don't wait and don't blame your schedule because it's so busy or you didn't get enough sleep. Or I mean, everybody's got all sorts. Of, we all got things going on. But you just say, oh God, I'm going to make it a priority to have some moments with you you're pursuing, you're pursuing the peace of God. The second thing I would encourage you to do to keep it is I would say protect the peace of God in your life. Protect it. Again, some have never, and, I, and may, I've never really taught on this aspect of it before, but it's just been stirring around in my heart. Protect the peace of God in your life. Once you have it, and it's there. I, I, one of the things I've learned in this series, it doesn't have to be this roller coaster. Well, I have it for a few weeks, and then it's gone, and then I'm struggling, and then I'm doing good again, and then after a few weeks later, it's gone. A few weeks later, it's gone. It doesn't have to be that way. That's not the way the armor of God's intended to be. It literally says, "Put on." Did you find any verse that says, "Take off"? Right? It's not there, is it? It just says put on these incredible aspects of the armor of God. And I would encourage us to protect the peace of God. Let me be really clear. There's some things we can engage in that uh, rob us of peace. They steal our peace. Let me give you a couple of them. How many know that worry and anxiety steal the peace of God in our lives? How many also know that it's, it's just a stinking waste of time, right? Have you learned that? It doesn't change anything, does it? Worry and anxiety. Watch out for it, because it robs us of our peace. Let me tell you about another one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's what, just simply personal sin. Personal sin. All of us struggle with sin. The Apostle Paul struggled with sin, who wrote this book. Jesus was tempted by sin, although he never sinned. But the Apostle Paul talks about how there's times in his life where he just battled his flesh and he wanted to honor God and stuff like that. And, and we all know whether we admit it or not, we all struggle with sin at times in our lives, especially the temptation to sin. Let me just be really crystal clear. If there's sin in your life that you've not surrendered and asked God to forgive you of and it just stays there, it's going to rob you of your peace. It just will. So I would encourage you to surrender that, lay it down and just say, God, I give this to you. A couple other quick things. Complacency. Complacency. Um, I would tell you that if you want to protect the peace of God in your life, stay busy for God. Stay busy for God. We are part of a great church, incredible church, incredible things. We can all be involved in doing great things. I mean, I think of the list of global teams and local projects and life groups and children's ministries. and So many are active and serving. Jump in. 
Jump in. Be busy for God, doing things for God. Remember that as you live, that forward motion is just, it's just so, so important. The last thing I would share with you that just is a peace killer, that kind of steals our peace, is broken relationships. Broken relationships. Again, maybe it doesn't get talked about a lot, but um, if, you're, if you have a relationship that's really significant in your life and it's broken or it's hurting and it's strained, it's going to rob you of peace. It just is. If you're holding on to unforgiveness towards somebody in your life, you, you're going to feel like you're pushing the ball uphill both ways because there's this unforgiveness that's robbing you of the peace of God in your life. Just real, I mean, if, if, how many in the room are married? Can I see your hand? Just wave your hand. There's a lot of us, a lot of single adults too, students in the room. You know, Jane and I have been married. This fall, we'll be married 24 amazing years, right? Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Mostly for her, right? She's, she's been really great. But in this journey, boy, I've, I'm still learning, but um, how important it is to the peace of God that there's unity and connection in our relationship that's amazing. So broken relationships is just one of those things you've got to watch out for, and you may need to, again, take some action. You, you may need to write a name down right now of somebody that you need to reach out to. There's just some incredible, incredible teaching there that helps us be a part of all these different areas of protecting the peace of God. So let me do a couple other things and then we'll wrap up the message. I want to read a few more verses to you. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Doesn't that sound good? How many would love perfect peace? Can I see your hands, right? I mean, come on, I am in, right? Give me, God, your perfect peace. Uh, in January of this year, January 2011, I had the opportunity to lead our, our global team to Thailand. And it was a great team, great experience. Uh, love being a part of missions. It's just, uh, it's just so incredible. We had a fantastic team, incredible missionaries we worked with. And it was just really, really exciting. Um, in November, just a couple months before that, Jane and I were able to lead the Holy Land tour. Israel trip, and, uh, which was fantastic, and Jane was a part of that. So it was just a couple months later, because of her work schedule and stuff, um, she wasn't able to go on the Thailand trip with me. Well, leading into this trip, the weeks pre, uh, leading up to it, um, uh, Jane, my wife's a nurse in RN and works for a large corporation, and, and just uh, her job was just in chaos. It's the easiest way to describe it. Um, it was just in chaos, and it was a mess, and it was stressful, and it was just things weren't, it just was looking like it wasn't a God thing, and, and, uh, and full, she works full-time there, and it's just a lot of stuff was going on, and just unhealthy things that was just a real drain on her, and, uh, and yet it's significant. We had, there was no other new job lined up that she had. There was no new opportunity that she could go to next, or that wasn't firmed up at all. Uh, our health insurance was, was with Jane's job, so you understand there's a lot involved in that. Well, uh, the team prayed for me and prayed for our girls and prayed for Jane, and we went on the Thailand trip as she was dealing with this here at home. And, and you just know that when you're in Thailand and you're 10,000 miles away and there's a 13-hour time difference, it's really hard to connect uh, in any normal way with your wife. And so we're three or four days into the trip and, um, and uh, trying to connect. And, and I called Jane, um, and it was early evening in Thailand, about 5 a.m. here, and you have that voice delay on the phone and all that kind of stuff. And, and we just trying to connect and hear each other, what's going on, and just, it, just the chaos and unhealthiness was just worse, and it wasn't getting any better. And, um, and I said this to my wife. I just, I felt strongly in my heart. I said, honey, here's what I want you to do. Go in today and just resign. Just resign. 
her answer to the other phone was, really? <laughs> and um, she, she said, really, because I'm like one of the cheapest guys in the world, right? <laughs> I am. I hate giving up paychecks. It's just not what I want to do. And uh, normally I'd be like, babe, three more years. Just hang in there. Three more years. Then we'll, you know, God will deliver us. But uh, that wasn't my approach. I just felt the peace of God that says, I just said, honey, I got this peace. And I don't, I don't know how everything's going to work out. I don't know what the job's next. I, know, I, don't, I, just, I, I had this peace that God said, I will take care of you guys. It's okay. Let, let it go. And she responded, I have a peace as well. And she did. She went in and stepped down, did it in integrity and in the right ethics and honoring authority and all that kind of stuff, but just time to move on. And uh, I tell you, there's times when I've not acted on the voice of God and times when I have acted on the voice of God. And it's always better to act on the voice of God and follow the peace of God in your life. And so the story continues. I won't tell you the rest of it. It just worked out and there was a nice little break, which was good, and then a new opportunity. And God was in charge of all of it. But it's just so incredible to know sometimes God leads us to do things And we can't do it unless we've taken on the armor of God, the shoes of peace, and put it on and put it in our lives and said, God, I'm in. God, I've got the belt of truth. I've got the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm taking the shoes of peace because they help fuel me to do things for God that I know he's stirring me to do. And some of you, you feel that even today. You have that same kind of thing going on in your life today, some really key areas. So it's just, it's amazing. The last few things I'll share with you is, is that uh, I, we've discovered there's two kinds of peace in this series um, and the shoes of peace. The first is what we've talked this whole message on, uh, what I call the peace of God. Everybody say of. Of. We've talked about that, how to walk in it, how to live in it, how to discover it, how to pursue it and protect it. We've talked about the peace of God. It's just been great. The second part, the second type of peace is what's called peace with God. Everybody say with. With. It's very different, somewhat connected. But peace with God speaks to the relation, relationship side of us and God. Peace with God. Is our relationship connected to God? Are we at a place where we say, you know what, I feel really close to Jesus Christ and I have peace with God. Romans chapter 5, just read just one more verse for you here. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Isn't that great? We have peace with God, listen to this church, because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Right? Not us. Jesus Christ. So when we invite him to be the Lord the Savior, the ruler, the guide, the umpire, all those things we talked about, we have peace with God. And it's an incredible part of the armor of God. It's an incredible part of the shoes of peace that really makes a difference in our lives. So again, in a crowd this size, I say it in in an encouraging way, but in a, a challenging way, do you have peace with God today? Do you have peace with God today where you just know, man, I'm 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 where I should be with Jesus Christ. The Old Testament has some just amazing things that we can learn. And uh, God's name is Jehovah. And there's several descriptive names attached to Jehovah to describe the name, the fullness of the name of God. One of the names is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. How cool is that? God wants to be the Lord of peace to you and I. He does, to every one of us today. Don't miss this 
moment. I think you may find yourself in one of three kind of categories. Maybe, maybe everything's great, but there's a lot of us. You may find yourself in one of three categories. Maybe you're here, number one today, and um, you're just anxious and stressed. You're facing something really big. You brought it in. It's bothering you. There's a lot of worry. There's anxiety. There's just some struggling. And you've learned a lot today, but you, you just know it. God knows it. You know it. Maybe, maybe everybody else is fooled. I don't know. But you brought it into church with you. And God cares about that. And it's just a battle you're fighting, and it's there. You may find yourself in that place. You may find yourself on the, like I talked about, the offensive tool where you're here today. And you know God's stirring in you to take action for him to take some significant obedience step, to step forward in, in the local church and serving and be a part, whatever it might be, and God's stirring in you to take a step of obedience. And you just need the, the grace of God, the peace of God to fuel you to make that decision. And there's maybe a third group, a few people here that just say, you know what? I came to church today. I'm just, I'm disconnected from God. God seems distant. I don't want it that way, but it is that way, and I'm hoping that can change. And I just don't feel the relationship with God. I don't know that I have that peace with God. Maybe I once did, and it's just grown cold or it's fallen away. And I want you to know that as we get ready to pray and have this quiet moment, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. He is here for each and every one of us. Bow your heads, please. Lord, thank you for the Bible and for what it means. Thank you for the difference it makes in our lives. Thank you that it's so simple. We can all understand it, yet it's so full of truth that there's so much for us to learn. Lord, thank you that you loved us, the Bible says, while we are still sinners. Thank you that you forgive us and you have an incredible, incredible life for each and every one of us. God, today we're talking about the shoes of peace. And I know there's a number of us here that say, um, God, I need to respond to that. So in this God moment, this moment with God that we talked about, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to ask you this question. Feel strongly about this. If you're here today, it doesn't matter to me or God or where you've come from. If you're a leader, if you're an attender, if you're a brand new Christian, maybe you're just a guest. Maybe you're just checking things out. But you're here today and you came in with worry, anxiety, and, and some fear. And there's just something major that you're facing. And the peace of God is just not, hasn't been really strong there. And you just say, I need that. I need God's peace, the shoes of peace, to come into my life. I want to walk in that, not in worry, not in anxiety. I don't want to process it that way. And you're facing that some. Maybe you're facing that big decision. You feel like God's leading you to do something and maybe you've held back so far, but you know that it's right. You know it's a step of obedience. You say, oh God, I need the shoes of peace to take those obedience steps for you. Maybe some of you find yourself in that place where you're saying, man, God feels distant. I don't know that I have peace with God, but I'd like to settle that and have peace with God as I leave church today. I'd love to pray that prayer and make and make that, see, see God make that difference in our lives. So let me be really clear. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, just, just respond to this if it's just really stirring in your life. I know all of us could love more peace, but just for those of us that really feel a tug on your heart today, and you say, I want God to intersect his peace into my life, 
in a significant way, and I just feel God stirring in my life, and I want to receive that from God today. If you're feeling that, would you just raise your hand really high all across the room? And as your hands go up all across the room, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right where you're at. I'm not asking to move from where you're at or come forward, but stand up. Go ahead and do that right now in Jesus' name. Stand up. Wow, thank you. Don't be ashamed. What a great decision. What a great decision. Just stand up and say, I want in on this, God. God, you know what's going on. I know what's going on. And this is a great opportunity to receive from you. Wow, lots of people. Anybody else says, I'm in. I need that in my life. Just stand to your feet. In Jesus' name, yeah, thank you. Way in the back, thank you. Awesome, thank you. Amen. Just remain standing. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to pray together. As you're standing, just open your hands if you would. Just as a sign, it says, God, I'm open to you. Lord, in Jesus' name, for everybody that's standing, we say thank you for the amazing grace and the gift of peace to our lives. For those of us that have struggled with sin or feel distant from you, we say please forgive us of our sin. We want you to be our Lord and our Savior. We want to live our lives and be in close relationship to you. God, we let go of anxiety and fear. We let go of any disobedience or delay. And we say, God, we desire the peace of God to come into our lives. And we thank you for the amazing gift that that is. And we receive it right now. Right now, we just receive it. Not in a weird or a strange way, but in an authentic way, just saying, thank you, God, for giving us your amazing peace. So, Lord, no more fear. No more anxiety, no more worry. We lay that down and just say, God, we're going to operate in the shoes of peace, walking in your grace and your strength, led, guide, directed, umpired, if you will, by the peace of God in our lives. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you, God. We receive it, and God, we will act upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Everybody stand to your feet, please.